a hit piece or concerned journalism about COVID-19 misinformation. There's been a hit piece put out on Dr. Joseph Merkula by the New York Times entitled The Most Influential Spreader of Coronavirus Misinformation Online. Strong words. But it gets even stronger. And that's why we're going to read the article together on this particular show. So we can really see what the true intent of the author is. So this is Dr. Joseph Merkula. All right. Regular doctor, been a doctor for about 40 years, long history being a doctor. He's not, you know, a random person that just got on the Internet and decided I'm going to give people misinformation. OK. So this article is written by Shira Frankel. OK. So who is Shira Frankel? That is the question that we need to be asking. And it's going to be very interesting to see what her motivations are as a journalist. So a quick search for Shira Frankel. This is her. All right. So who is she? What what are her motivations? Where does she come from? Where can we get more information about who she is? So I found a article from 2011 that said. She has done some pretty awful reporting from Israel and they wanted to know who she was. NPR has no bio on her, and I still haven't found anything substantive online except that she has written for the Christian Science Monitor, the Jerusalem Post, the Times of London, and McClathy. In Bond, she is identified as being from California and an Israeli citizen, which seems relevant for a reporter covering the Israel-Palestine conflict. So there is no bio on this lady. We just know she is a journalist and she's about, you know, pro-Israel information. And she writes, she's written on Palestine. She's written in the Palestinian papers and she's written in the Jerusalem Post. But we have no real solid background on this woman who is attacking somebody that is a medical doctor, board certified, that has been working um, in this field for decades, for decades. So we're going to try to make sense of this article today about Joseph Merkula. So this article says the article that appeared, <clears throat> excuse me, online February 9th began with a seemingly innocuous question about the legal definition of vaccines. Then over its next 3,400 words, it declared coronavirus vaccines were, quote, a medical fraud and said the injections did not prevent infections, provide immunity or stop transmission of the disease. 
Its assertions were easily disprovable, no matter. Over the next four hours, the article was translated from English into Spanish and Polish. It appeared on dozens of blogs and was picked up by anti-vaccination activists who repeated the false claims online. The article also made its way to Facebook, where it reached 400,000 people, according to data from CrowdTangle, a Facebook-owned tool. The entire effort traced back to one person, Merkula, an osteopathic physician at Cape Coral, Florida, has long been a subject of criticism and government regulatory actions for his promotion of unproven or unapproved treatments. But most recently, he has become the most chief spreader of coronavirus misinformation online, according to researchers. An internet savvy entrepreneur who employs dozens, Merkula has published more than 600 articles on Facebook that cast doubt on COVID-19 vaccines since the pandemic began reaching a far larger audience than other vaccine skeptics and analysis by the New York Times found. His claims have been widely echoed on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The activity has earned Merkula a natural health proponent within every man demeanor, the dubious distinction of the top spot in the disinformation dozen, a list of 12 people responsible for sharing 65% of all anti-vaccine messaging on social media, said the nonprofit Center for Countering Digital Hate. Others on the list include Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a longtime anti-vaccine activist, and Aaron Elizabeth, founder of the website Health Nut News, who is also Merkula's girlfriend. So this all goes back to one thing and one thing only. Okay. This goes back to the fact that they have made a division and a distinction between those who are pro-vaccine and anti-vaccine. I personally, I don't like to categorize myself as pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. I think everybody has to make their own choice when it comes to the vaccine. But Dr. Merkula is coming from the, the position of a natural health practitioner, even though he has a medical degree. So a lot of the things that he's going to talk about <clears throat> as possible solutions, possible uh, things to keep in mind are discussing disease. And it's not about COVID-19. Uh, it's not about a coronavirus. It's about your immune system in general. So we, a lot of times people have a problem or have a hard time saying, oh, that's not an approved treatment for this, or, oh, that's an unproven treatment for this. So the FDA is who regulates and who says, look, you can say on your product label that this can treat this. If we do not give you the okay to do that, then you are a problem. And they have gone through the research and they have literally counted up data to see how many people can somebody like Joseph Mercola reach. And they are very, very upset that his over 600, 600 articles <clears throat> have reached 400,000 people. So, They've, they're calling these people the disinformation dozen. <laughs> so they have identified 12 people who they want to say is anti-vaccine, spreading misinformation. Um, this is all what I call ad hominem. Instead of attacking somebody's points, right, they like to attack the person and call them names. Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. So, you know, anti-vaccine activists. 
right? So there, there are all of these things, and I've yet to see anything in this article written by this this uh, Israeli journalist who doesn't have a background, doesn't have a degree, but somehow she sniggered her way to the front page of the New York Times to do a hit piece on Joseph Merkula. Okay, so let's continue. <clears throat> Quote, Mercola is the pioneer of the anti-vaccine movement, said Colina Koltai, a researcher at the University of Washington who studies online conspiracy theories. So who is Kalina Koltai? She seems very opinionated about making somebody a leader of a movement. This is really not a movement. It's it's a personal choice that people have to make. Okay. So this is her. Okay. As you can see here, her Twitter says Kalina Koltai, PhD. Fully vaxxed, okay, on Twitter. She felt the need to put that after her PhD, okay? And so this woman gets paid millions of taxpayer dollars to research conspiracy theories. Not medical research, not anything that's going to benefit people. <clears throat> because the type of research that she's doing is in her favor. There's a conflict of interest for her to even be quoted in this article. She claims to research conspiracy theories, but on her Twitter, it says fully vaxxed. So again, how can you say, okay, this person's spreading misinformation. This person is a leader of this movement or that, you know, based on your bias towards being pro-vaccine. So we need a neutral person to actually cover this story. In my opinion, for the New York Times, I expect it better for the New York Times. We need a neutral person, somebody that's not pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. Let's just have a neutral person analyze the claims or the statements made by this doctor. But instead, we have somebody who has a vested interest, a financial interest, as well as a career interest in being quoted and referenced in articles like this. Just because somebody has a PhD behind their name doesn't mean they're doing honest research. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot of digging on this this woman, <laughs> this woman, um, Colina Koltai. <clears throat> and, um, you know, she is considered a government executive. Once again, conflict of interest. We don't need somebody that's working for the government. The government has paid billions of dollars for the COVID vaccine, and they're, they've spent billions of dollars to advertise it. The government is getting involved uh, with lotteries. Uh, they're setting aside millions of dollars for prizes uh, for the vaccine. So somebody that's a government executive, somebody that's pro-vaccine, somebody that has a vested financial interest has a lot of explaining to do. So we go to this website. She, this is a her official website. So let's pull up her website so everybody can see it. Kalina Kota, PhD. Misinformation researcher.
I study how socio-technical systems influence the decision-making of social groups. I study this phenomenon in the context of the vaccine debate and vaccine misinformation in digital communities and social networking platforms. My research interests include misinformation, scientific dissent, social networking platforms, and digital communities. All right. And you can see here, she's been on the Washington Post, BuzzFeed, CNBC, The Guardian, USA Today, NPR, HLN. So back to the article about uh, Dr. Joseph Merkula. Okay, back to him. So we have to identify who's being quoted. We need to identify the background of those people. We need to identify their motives. That's what we're doing. So back to uh, Dr. Joseph Merkula, right? So let's put this here. So some high profile media figures have promoted skepticism of the vaccines, notably Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram of Fox News, though other Fox personalities have urged viewers to get the shot. That's what we got to talk about as well. Why did Fox News have a meeting with the White House a few days ago. That's going to be a separate video. Um, but continuing with this article, <laughs> now Merkula and others in the disinformation dozen are in the spotlight as vaccinations in the United States slow. Here you go. Here you go. They just said it right there. Pay attention. Let's read that again. It says, Merkula and others in the disinformation spotlight are in the spotlight as vaccinations in the United States slow. So because the vaccination rate has completely dropped, people actually over 15 million people missed their second dose of the vaccine. So not only are people not lining up to get the first vaccine, we have a large number of people that did not complete their vaccination. So there's two problems. People aren't signed up to get one and they're not completing it. So they're very upset about that. The White House has been very, very um, adamant that Facebook is responsible for their failure to meet their goal because their goal was to have 70% of the population inoculated by the 4th of July. As we know, that did not happen. We are nowhere near 70%. In fact, some of the states had to retract some of their data because they duplicated certain appointments and we're nowhere near 70%. So that's what this article is about. Always pay attention when you're reading an article in a, a mainstream publication like the New York Times, definitely look into who the author is, look at what their interests are, look at who they're quoting and using as a, an appeal to authority. Uh, they're using this this person, Catalina, Colina Coltai, and she is a misinformation researcher. That's what she does for a living. And of course, they're going to put her in this article. But this is all about the slowing vaccination rate in the United States. Now, um, it also says more than 97% of people hospitalized for COVID-19 are unvaccinated, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 
Now, that is also something we have to talk about in another video. Um, I'll just leave you a cliff note. The data from Israel, the data from other countries that have high vaccination rates is not showing um, 97 or 99% of hospitalizations um, being people that are unvaccinated. In fact, 75% um, of the people in Singapore that are positive were vaccinated. So we're going to talk about that later because we got to definitely do some digging on the CDC, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who also has a very interesting background as well. President Joe Biden has blamed online falsehoods for causing people to refrain from getting the injections. But even as Biden has urged social media companies to do something about the misinformation, Merkula shows the difficulty of that task. Over the last decade, Merkula has built a vast operation to push natural health cures, disseminate anti-vaccination content, and profit from all of it, said researchers who have studied his network. In 2017, he filed an affidavit claiming his net worth was in excess of $100 million. So, Dr. Joseph Merkula is a, is a big baller, okay? He got money. He got a lot of money. But he didn't make money by developing pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, according to what they're saying, he has made his money off natural therapies. So, this is also another reason why he he's coming under scrutiny because they don't want natural therapies to be the forefront of the pharmaceutical industry. They want synthetic drugs because they want to patent it. They want to own it and they want to become billionaires. So that's a problem. That's a problem. By according to this article, they have a problem with that, but they're not being very specific about what those natural therapies are. They're not giving it any examples, any real references to his claims. All I've heard is attack, 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 uh, ad hominem after ad hominem. And of course, the classic appeal to authority. All right. Um, Uh, okay, now let's get back to the article. Now it says, and rather than directly stating online that vaccines do not work, Merkel's posts often ask pointed questions about their safety and discuss studies that other doctors have refuted. Facebook and Twitter have allowed some of his posts to remain up with caution labels, and the companies have struggled to create rules to pull down posts that have nuance. Quote, he has been giving new life by social media, which he exploits skillfully and ruthlessly bring people into his thrall. The way they're describing him is like, is this a super villain or something? Because he has an opinion about the vaccines. He has an opinion and that's a problem. That's a problem. So they're letting you know. <laughs> um, and that was said by Imran Ahmed, director of the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Now we need to get into what is this center for countering digital hate? Okay, because if you are talking about digital hate, what does that have to do with vaccine information? And we're talking about hate speech. That is completely different from a medical opinion, medical research, or uh, information about a drug or a therapy. 
So the very name of this organization is Suspect Center for Countering Digital Hate. All right. So Imran Ahmed. Let's show you what he looks like. This is Imran Ahmed. So we're going to do some research into the Center for Countering Digital Hate because, in my opinion, this hit piece, because this is not an article, this is not an analysis, this is not rhetoric, this is a hit piece bought and paid for by Imran Ahmed, who is the director of the Center for Countering Digital Hate. All right. So he has a vested interest in putting out this article. So we know who you are, Imran, <laughs> Center for Countering Digital Hate. So let's do a quick, I'm actually going to do a whole different video on this. But since I'm bringing it up right now, I can cover it again. So this is their website. Let's go to their website, everybody. Strengthening communities and democracy by disrupting identity-based hate and dangerous misinformation in digital spaces. Pandemic profiteers, the business of anti-vax. Read our report on the pandemic profiteers, the dozen leading anti-vaxxers who have enriched themselves by spreading misinformation. The anti-vax industry boasts annual revenues of $36 million and is worth up to $1 billion to big tech with 62 million followers across their platforms. Through government PPP loans, affiliate marketing schemes, and social media empires, these anti-vax businesses have been able to generate profits by spreading misinformation. ACT act by signing our petition demanding big tech companies remove anti-vax profiteers from their platform. So their agenda is obvious. It couldn't be more obvious, okay? <laughs> this was founded by Imran Ahmed. All right, and the board of directors include Tom Brooks, Simon Clark, Damian Collins, Dr. Sibion McAndrew, Christy McNeil, Lord Johnny Oates, and Aisha Saudry. All right, now we're going to get more into them later, but for now, back to the article. Let's stay with the article because now we've identified who's really behind this hit piece. <laughs> All right. In an email, Merkel said it was quite peculiar to me that I am named as the number one super spreader of misinformation. 
Some of his Facebook posts were only liked by hundreds of people, he said, so he did not understand how the relatively small number of shares could possibly cause such calamity to Biden's multi-billion dollar vaccination campaign. The efforts against him are political, Merkula added, and he accused the White House of illegal censorship by colluding with social media companies. He did not address whether his coronavirus claims were factual. I am the lead author of a peer-reviewed publication regarding vitamin D and the risk of COVID-19, and I have every right to inform the public by sharing my medical research, he said. He did not identify the publication, and the Times was unable to verify his claim. In May, Merkula took down many of his own Facebook posts to evade the social network's crackdown on anti-vaccine content. Facebook also recently removed his February 9th article. But Merkula has continued to raise vaccine questions. In a Facebook post Friday, he used another study to mull how useful the Pfizer vaccine was against COVID-19 variants. One headline in the post said the vaccine was only 39% effective, but it did not cite another statistic from the study that said the vaccine was 91% effective against serious illness. Within a few hours, the post had been shared more than 220 times. So welcome to America where your points won't be argued. You'll be attacked. You'll be categorized as spreading misinformation and people will literally pay mainstream media, New York times, um, NPR, the Jerusalem post. They will literally pay people and, coerce them into spreading hit pieces and masking it as journalism, all in the guise of countering digital hate. Okay, so with that being said, it's just unbelievable um, the, the amount of time that people have spent trying to sign petitions to get people deleted off social media. So what is the solution? It is time for everybody to say bye-bye to big tech and there's going to be a new generation of social media platforms. New journalists are going to start sprouting up. Independent media is going to start taking back over. Podcasting is going to continue to rise. Uh, and people that want information, they know where to go get the information that they want. The, the American people, whether Republican or Democrat, they don't really want the government and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all of these places trying to tell them where to go to get great information. So with that being said, I would love to know your thoughts on this article by the New York Times about Dr. Joseph Markula. And I definitely want to know, do you guys think that somebody paid for this to happen that, you know, Imran Ahmed, um, what do you guys think about those backgrounds of those people that are quoted in this particular article? So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below and make sure you guys check out the Amin Ra podcast because we can we're going to start. I'm going to start having open meetings for my podcast. Uh, I actually may do one tonight. I may post it and invite everybody tonight. We might have an open discussion about this. Uh, actually, we we might do that. We might do that. So I will keep you posted and just be looking out for that invite. 
The Amen Raw Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.